This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Welcome to the Village Church Q&A podcast, Pastor Tim and Pastor Michael with you. And we have a question today, listeners, that um, it was very popular years ago, and it's kind of growing back in some kind of popularity as well. So our question today, Michael, is, is soul sleep real? What? And we need to talk about what is soul sleep as it's defined. Where do souls go between death and the new heavens? So this, the simple answer is it's not real. And so a lot of people actually don't know where the origin of this idea came from. And the origin came from Jehovah's Witnesses, Agreed. Christadelphians, mm-hmm. and Seventh-day Adventists. Its primary origins are actually from the cult side of things. So I think evangelicals need to be very cautious. And so there are, there are a whole bunch of ideas that feel good or sound good or sound plausible on the front end. And then you open up scripture and you realize there actually is zero biblical foundation or basis for it. It doesn't mean that if you've previously thought this, that you're a terrible person or whatever. It's actually one of these ideas that doesn't feel like that big of a deal, number one, that has creeped its way in. And a lot of people didn't know where it came from. And so it just feels like another plausible interpretation. Yes. I think what's really important to to note is that it's not another plausible interpretation because it explicitly contradicts clear teachings over and over again. So basically, soul sleep is a belief that after a person dies, his or her soul sleeps until the resurrection. So like, you know, you go to bed at night and you have no actual conscious awareness of what's happening in the night. You might have dreams, but then you wake up and all of a sudden it's eight or nine hours later, you know? And that's the idea is that when you die, you go into a state of unconsciousness and then you awake in, uh, in the resurrection. Somebody might say, okay, why would anybody make up something that contradicts the Bible, you know? Mm. I can tell you that Cults are motivated demonically to consistently and subtly undermine the authority of the clear teaching of Scripture. One of the things that I think that Satan loves to do, which everybody just needs to be aware of this, Satan loves when there's, A, a clear teaching of Scripture— and then all of a sudden, there's 400 interpretations, yeah. you know, where 398 of them could be absolutely impossible. But when you hear somebody say, um, look at all of these interpretations, it must be a gray issue. That is not actually the case. Not at all. There are so many issues in Scripture that are actually cut and dry, and the historical church has had a clear, consistent perspective on yes. it. And in this day and age, you can find 100 or 400 perspectives on any singular question. I think there's value in looking looking back at the historical church's response to this and say, no, for millennia, we've basically been on the same page. Uh, it wasn't really until some of these cults came in and injected new ideas. And a lot of Christians, as these ideas trickle down into maybe some of the pop culture discussions, aren't aware of some of their origins. Mm-hmm. And so... I think we need to be very cautious whenever we say, well, there's so many different interpretations, and so we can't really know the truth. I don't buy that that for the majority of issues, especially for this one. The reason people might come to this conclusion is that there's a New Testament word when somebody dies. It basically says literally they fell asleep. Fell asleep, which is a euphemism. It's a euphemism. That's all it is. It's a way of saying they died. It's a way that a culture— neuters the power of the word. So like when somebody dies, we'll say, when did they pass away? Pass away. We use that term pass away just the same as the the early church did or or the the Greeks did about asleep. It's culturally rude to say, when did they croak? You know, like, or when did they die? Die. You know, it's it's very terse. It's very hard. And so you find these, you know, subtle, kind ways to say the same thing. 
Every single experience in scripture from Jesus's story of Lazarus, which you could argue is that a parable or a true story, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. He's giving it as a point of reference for how things function and there's consciousness. There is so many scriptural passages that point against this. I mean, I'm thinking about uh, King Saul going to the witch of Endor and he summons up who of all people, Samuel. Samuel clearly is not asleep. Samuel is somewhere in the unknown, but yep. there is a presence of yep. him. Which, by the way, is not advocated. No, not. And that's a whole nother. That's a whole nother story. But yeah. I just wanted to just show, not only is it in the Old Testament that when someone passes away, their personality and their identity still exists. But in the New Testament, we have the account of the transfiguration. We have Moses and Elijah yep. appearing with Jesus and their souls are not asleep. And the amazing thing to me is the disciples recognized them yeah, as who they were. What if like, they had name tags? How did they? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> how did they know who they were unless they yeah. had name tags? Right. Do, you know? Yeah, it's a great know, question. Jesus on the cross, he says, yeah, today. To, today you'll be with me in paradise. Yep. Not tomorrow, not when your soul wakes back up. Yep. Paul says to be absent with the bodies, to be present with the Lord. Yeah. I mean, we're literally, this is the tip of the iceberg, you know? Yeah. And, and all to say is that like, okay, if you've plausibly thought soul sleep is an option, just understand that there's a lot of people who do. It's an understandable miscommunication. Part of our job is to say, hey, here, here's what scripture says. Um, here's the root of some really bad ideas. And there are a lot of really great, innocent people who have thought a lot of really long, like wrong thoughts. Yes. And then at some point in their life, you know, somebody opens the scriptures and says, no, this is actually what it says. And, and so thankfully, I mean, what I love about this is this isn't great. It's actually very clear. Very clear. And you will regularly find that cults will do the same thing over and over again. They will take crystal clear issues in scripture, pervert them, and make you doubt what you know. Yeah. And that's why they're a cult. That's why we don't have a high view of them. And this is actually a really easy one. But here's what that means. The moment you close your eyes to death— you are alive in Christ. Yeah. And you are alive with Christ. You are alive in the presence of Christ. It's a very cool reality. And so there's all this, you know, from most people, understandably, like fear leading up to the moments of death. Well, the, the moment you die is a moment of presence with God. Yeah. And all of that fear is is washed away with the reality of Jesus. And the sad side of this is the moment you pass away without Christ, you wake up or you're very clearly aware that now I'm spending eternity in the absence of God. Yep. Yep. Which we call hell. No one's sleeping there either. So soul sleep might make me feel better about some things, but actually it doesn't. Like I'm, I've, no. I've tried to figure out like why, why would a Jehovah's Witness come up with this doctrine? It's not comforting. It's not helpful. It's not interesting. There's no like benefit. Yeah, to me, to it, it is just one step removed from purgatory. Yep. And and I do think, again, let's go back to like the demonic level. Like if I'm inspiring the Jehovah's Witnesses and I'm, I'm Satan or one of the mastermind demons uh, creating false religions that will do people, sometimes the best false religion is to take the Bible and to just change small things here and there so that nobody has to read the Bible and take it at, at face value. You know what I mean? Right. And this is, I think, one of those subtle little things that sure. the Bible just, it's, you know, just doesn't even teach. You take a word and a euphemism, you take it out of context. And so that being said, if you have believed in soul sleep and you love Jesus and you're not a Jehovah's Witness. Look at the scripture, see what it says. Yep. Don't let it like be a discouragement to you. Just change your mind and agree with, That's right. agree with the Bible. And I still find regularly there are things that I thought were true and then I'll be teaching and I'm like, hmm, yeah. that wasn't accurate and I need to do better and change. <laughs> <laughs> 
goodness gracious. All right. So let's go at the question that we'll have next time, which is, when we're baptized by water, do we receive the Holy Spirit at the same time? Mm-hmm.